Ever wondered what it's like to live and work in Kuala Lumpur? Welcome to the Colour Tour podcast. And for this episode, we're heading back to Asia. We're going to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and we're going to talk to one of their top colorists. Indro Setjo, known to everybody as just Setjo, is on an interesting journey, but he now runs his own shop in KL. He talks about starting out working at the Black Magic Design Post House, drinking beers with the experienced colorist, networking in the early days. He now does commercials and movies, runs his own shop, so he's juggling like a few of the rest of us. You ready to have some fun? If you look inside it, you can see every possible color. Hey, Lauren. Welcome to the Color Two Podcast. Good to see your smiling face, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. Really right. appreciate it. I'm, yeah, I'm very humbled to be oh, here. <laughs> mate, it's been too long, eh? Like last time I saw you, we were having beers and we were making plans. That? I was going to come up to KL. Oh, you're right. Remember? Yes, yes. You, you came down to KL. Yes. Yeah, I came down to KL on the bus from Singapore. Yeah, that's we, right, that's we right. had some beers. We were going to come back and run some training <laughs> classes. Then this thing called COVID, what's it called? That's true, COVID-19. <laughs> sort of, and then that's it. That's, I think that's the last time I, I went anywhere, probably. Uh, when uh, I was with you. Oh, you were right. Oh, my God. You were planning to do some stuff. And like, yeah, we were having this discussion. Yeah, I remember that. With Sharon and everyone. Sharon's yeah. there. Well, it still, it's still could happen, buddy. It still could happen. Still could happen. You are the gun colorist in Malaysia. Now, I'm telling you this, all right? Well, so one of, one of them. One of them. <laughs> well, then we'll say one of three, shall we? I'll yeah, compromise. Sure, sure. One of three. Sure, sure. <laughs> Doing some some really neat work there. I've obviously uh, I've known you for a while, but I've looked through your reel and uh, I've seen some stuff. You're doing some nice stuff there. So thank just you, give uh, give the folks at home a bit of an update on your your background, like where you're born, where you grew up, sort of where you're working out of at the moment. Okay, it's uh, quite a journey, but I'll try to keep it short as I can. Um, I'm I'm Indonesian. My name is Hen. My full name is Hendro Setio Wibowo, but people just call me Setio. Um, so I, my family moved from Jakarta to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, uh, in '97, like few months before the recession happened. We all came down here uh, for betterment of our education, um, better school, and uh, want to learn a bit more how to speak uh, English better. And so we did that and I've been here since then. And then um, I went to college, study MassCom uh, under film television. And that's when I fell in love with editing. Um, there was some magic there. I kind of realized like, wow, you can sync visual and audio and there, there's an emotion that clicks to me. Like there was this one cut, I remember it was a final year project or something. Um, for continuity project and then like somehow the music sync with that visual I'm like there's this tick in my heart like wow that's kind of magic so I pursued that editing it was um, that hooked me from that moment on I want to create more of this so uh, 
at the end of the graduation, 2007, I got my first job as a reality TV editor uh, for local content. Um, from that, I did a whole season, I think it's 13 episodes with a co-editor. So it's two of us back to back editing that. Uh, from that, I went to Singapore. I had an opportunity to become a VTO, which is like uh, from editing to VTO is quite a step down, but I want to learn more about this post-production world, right? From that, and then I went to Blackmagic Post. Uh, this is when they only have one post house for like that has Blackmagic name, uh, Blackmagic Design Post. Yeah, that's where Singapore. I met you, the old Capitol building. That's, that's yeah. right, yeah. That's it, with Charlie. Yeah, Charlie Ellis. That's right. I miss that guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's he's one of my mentors over there. Uh, he's uh, yeah uh, quite harsh learning under him, but it's a, he's a brilliant guy, amazing guy. Um, that's where I actually learned everything from Black Magic Design Post. Um, I went in there as an online editor. Um, that means like I was the guy who mastered the tape. Uh, for documentary uh, series for like uh, Nat Geo or Discovery Channel for local content. Um, I think Charlie kind of saw me like uh, I've been doing quite well and I become a supervisor in a VT op as well um, uh, from online and also supervising the VT op. Uh, and then I started to learn color grading, touching on it, um, touching the, the big panel and all that. And I start scanning first. So scanning the film first, that was really fun, really, really fun job. Because uh, like everyone just leave me alone and just there in the, in the room. Um, and they would leave me for hours. And I, I, I miss touching that physical film. Yeah. And, and you, miss, <laughs> you miss going out for beers with them afterwards. You? <laughs> or, did, or did you teach them or was that? A bad, were they a bad influence on you, said Joe? Uh, it was uh, it, it was more to like Nick, uh, Nick Barton. Nick, Nick, Nick Barton, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it, when I just about to start calibrating, so Nick came in and he's what he's one of the best guy I know, best calories I know. Like, so he he came to me like, so Satil, you want to learn calibrating? Like, yeah, man. So okay, follow me. So he went down. We we went down into. Like we went, I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> went down and sit down at the bar and order two Guinness and like, can drink with me? Like, wait, I thought we were learning calibrating. Yeah, this is how we start. Like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's probably why him and I got on so well. That's he's talking exactly. my sort of language. <laughs> exactly, but Nick, oh my God, the more he drinks, the more he's like, oh, oh, oh. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So let's just back up there for a second. Just yeah. say, so Black Magic actually had a post house, didn't they? So a lot of people listening wouldn't yes. actually know that. They physically actually, had true. a post house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under uh, Peter Barber, um, yeah. which is a, he's a great boss and still is a great person. Uh, he, he runs a, a rooftop farming now, which is a brilliant business. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of the best boss I've, I've, I've ever worked with. Uh, and, but the unique thing about this Black Magic Design Post, right? The uh, Da Vinci Resolve R&D team is just beside us. And um, Rohit Gupta and 
Peter Chamberlain. Yes. Yeah, he's stationed there, and like, yeah. What's great? What's great about it was that when I was color grading, right? There's like some errors came out. This is like version Resolve eight or something, yeah. eight or nine. So like, there's an error come out. Now I asked Charlie, Charlie, what's up with this? And then it's like, call the R and D guy. Like, okay, I give them a call. This rang. Like, hey, can you guys have a look at this? And then one of the engineer came down. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, he said, I'll come back in like 10, 15 minutes. Then, okay. He came back with like a USB drive and then put it in. And like, I'm going to install a new patch. <laughs> hold on. Hold on a second. This patch I only is the only one in the world. And I am the only one who has it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only for you. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but before that, if we back up to the Capitol building, that was before... Black, uh, Black Magic had actually bought DaVinci, wasn't it? So you guys had a DaVinci Resolve when it was oh, still yeah, the $300,000 right. $300, box. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Capital, yes. It was way before that, before yeah. Black Magic bought Resolve. You're right. Yeah, it was still a physical machine that's like really big. Yeah. Yeah. That was the that, that was the big deal. And yeah. so you guys were really the influence of getting Black Magic together with Da Vinci, talking heads. Because I remember Peter Chamberlain when he used to sell how hard it was for him to try and get in there and sell the result to Peter and Charlie, and he kept going in and they were going, "Oh, we're going to get we're going to get a base light, or we're going to get this, and oh, we're going to get a new coder." And right from little, look how things could have changed. That could have been a sliding yeah. doors moment, eh? You That's never would have been. Though. There never would have been a Black Magic uh, Resolve. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God, I was there. You were there. You, Secha, you, there. Know Secha, you put all that in your book, yeah? <laughs> I was there before Resolve came into fruition to software. <laughs> so then let's jump yeah. forward to, I suppose it was around 2012 when you were working on that Bait movie and I was in there quite a lot. Oh, um, my God, Bait. Bait, oh, bait, bait the so 3D, <laughs> 3D shark movie. Classic. You have no idea how many times I've watched that movie. Because <laughs> I had to rewatch all the versions, you know, the 4 by 3 the 16 by 9 the 235 <laughs> I uh, had to check all of that. <laughs> it's available. It's available online, folks. I'm sure somebody somewhere is earning earn some money if you go there and watch yeah. it. That's off to Charlie. Yeah. He graded it. Chaz, if you're listening. Yeah. Good work, Looks mate. great, man. Looks great. So what happened then? Did you get the? Did they fire you from there for going out drinking too much? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Black Magic kind of dissolved and BHQ took over. Um, so that's when like management kind of merged and like all of the other employees merged. Some kind of like the um, uh, got out. Um, not actually a lot got out, but uh, most of them stayed, and one, I'm one of them who stayed. Now, VHQ Post uh, has a few offices. Uh, there's one in Jakarta, Singapore, KL, and uh, in China. Chi the one in China, they're doing a lot of movies now. But the one in uh, these three places, they all mostly do TVCs. They concentrate only solely on TVCs. So as I stayed, uh, for like six months or so. Um, so one of the, the bosses kind of asked me like, hey, Situ, would you like to move 
to KL and do color grading. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I grew up there. It's like, I have most of my friends are there. So they did, they give, they give a test first because they do not have color grading uh, suite in uh, Kuala Lumpur in KL. Uh, they have in Jakarta and Singapore, but not in KL. Um, so they want to give a test. Okay, let, let's just put a color suite there. And if there's any job or whatnot, then we'll fly you over and after you just come back. And yeah, okay, that's great. So I did that for like six months. Um, so then I think they see that there's potential market for it. So um, they moved me here. And the thing is, when they told me like, yeah, you can just grade that and all that, I actually brought the big panel with me uh, when, because uh, one of them was like spoiled or something or something wrong with it. So I had to replace it. So from Singapore, I brought the center panel, the big one. I had to carry it and we trolley. You know, <laughs> did, you have it, from did you have it in the overhead locker up above your seat? Uh, no, of, of course it doesn't fit. So I had to check it in. I, I have to have, I have to tell the, 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 the whoever the, the checking counter, like, this is really, really fragile. <laughs> you should have done, Secho. You should have put it on your lap on the seat started playing with the track balls and freak people out going, I'm going to take over the plane. Right, that would be so weird. People would have been going, whoa, this is heavy shit, man. So I went, <laughs> so, I went, I, so that's when I start, uh, that's when my career start in VHQKL. Because, uh, yeah, uh, we had a proper machine, everything. I think we were running on Mac Tower, I remember that. Yeah, 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 it was Mac Tower uh, with uh, Sony BVM monitors. That was amazing monitor. I really missed that. And a big uh, resolve panel for that. Commercials? Uh, commercials, all commercials. Um, There's just a bit short films of like, you know, some of my friends or whatnot, just give me a call and all that. But mostly 90%, 95% all commercials. And for two years, I did that. Um, I, and it was a great exposure because VHQ KL, uh, VHQ Post KL is one of the biggest post houses in Mal in Malaysia. So we do like uh, this, they, they have like animation team, VFX team, motion graphics team. It's a whole full support. Well, it's probably one of the biggest in Asia, wasn't it? At the time, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, what's great about it, because like, I get to meet all of these directors uh, and producers and agencies, and uh, they got to know my name from that. And um, most of them are happy with my work. Some are still kind of like, oh, we need to go here and all that. But you know, like the, there's always ups and downs of uh, the color grading suite. Always, mate. You can't, you can't get on with it. You don't, <laughs> you don't get on with everybody, do you? You know, I mean, no, no, you, you, can, you cannot make everyone happy. That's what I know. What so, I learned from this that you cannot make everyone happy. You can't. Some people just, you just don't quite gel with them or something doesn't <laughs> quite work or, you know, that's, 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 that's a bit the way it is. But so that was yeah. cool. So how long did you stay there? Uh, that was two years contract. Um, it was great because they also provide me accommodations and um, like it's, it was like an expat, uh, expatriate kind of package thing. Uh, which I was really happy. Um, then after that, once the contract finished, then I met up with my 
old schoolmate when I was studying here in high school. Um, he gave me a call and message on Facebook and want to meet up. So we meet up and like he asked me what's up and I just told him, uh, yeah, I finished my contract. I don't know where to go. I, I think I'm going to go back. I don't want to go back to Indonesia. That's for sure. I want to stay here, but I don't know what to do. Um, so he told me, you want to form a company like you color grading company? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, just like create company so you can continue to do your work. Like, are you serious about this? Like, yeah, why not? Because he, his background is, um, he's an accountant and also he, he has a family business a bit. Um, so he offers some capital to start off a company. And so I'm like, I've got nowhere else to go, man. Like, okay, fuck it. Let's, let's do this. So we shook hand. I remember there was uh, around December 2012 or something. And by 2013, I know 2013, sorry, 2014, I start in February. Uh, so like we got a capital. Uh, I, I believe I remember it was on around 100,000 ringgit. How much is that? 20,000 US dollars, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I call um, Media Village, uh, get equipment from them. So that's when I got the Flanders. Yeah. Flanders, the panel, and it was, I bought a super micro computer, which is really huge server computer. Uh, there was an option whether do we get Windows or do you want to get Mac, right? Um, the difference of it is 30,000 ringgit to get Mac. So I'm like, you know what? I don't really need it. Maybe if we want to use, uh, render to ProRes, we, uh, we'll just use my MacBook Pro to render ProRes and okay, let's go. And that started off uh, this company, uh, which we call uh, Visual Fidelity. Uh, my business partner came up with that name, but I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. Um, we've been going on surviving for this house six years, basically. <laughs> well done, man. That's, that's, that's yeah. good. A lot of companies don't last two. Wait, this is the seventh year. It's the seventh year. So where in where in <laughs> yeah. KL are you? You right in the CBD in a tower block or? Uh, right. Okay. This place is called Damansara Padana, which is uh, it's not really CBD. It's a housing area. It's apartments. Um, but um, I used to have an office. Um, actually, I moved like three offices already. Uh, I started off, which is nearby here as well. Uh, just like a shared office thing, uh, which I rent like one room and then there's like a bunch of other rooms with other peoples and other companies. And then I felt that um, after like six months or like a year with that or something, uh, I felt like it's quite cramped. So like, cause when my clients come in, like director, producer coming in and sometimes they ask like agency wants to come in, like, okay, I need to find a bigger place. So I went out uh to a friend's office which is quite a bungalow office uh house turned to office so i had a full um like room there and from there then i moved to another office which to a production house um, which is one of the biggest production house here uh, called reservoir production they do a lot of big commercials uh, for like uh, over here we're known like for the petronas but commercial petronas is like a it's a it's a it's a gas brand. It's a yeah, fuel brand here. Yeah. Um, so every year, this is the thing about Malaysia, right? 
whenever there's a festive season, that's when like that's where the big bu big bucks are, because that's when like Chinese New Year, uh, uh, Hari Raya, uh, uh, and uh, Taipusam or like uh, Christmas. Yeah. There will be some festive thing where there'll be a lot of ads. Like for example, right now it's fasting month. I'm bombarded with jobs, uh, which is like it's crazy. I need to like say I'm sorry. I'm very full. So um, our jobs are really reliant on all of this festive stuff. And um, uh, yeah, that's how I mostly survive on this, basically. <laughs> so let's let's back up. So how do people find you? Word of mouth, right? Business. Um, I did a lot of experiment on how to ex how how do I uh, sort of uh, yeah spread my name right in this in this industry. Um, one of them is actually it is word of mouth that's for sure, but I thought to myself right like how does the word of mouth actually work, like. Do people actually say ACTU did great work or like ACTU is actually a very nice guy, uh, but it's actually is it's all of the above uh, is that if you leave a really good impression when you're with your client, they will remember you forever. They will refer you to other people because they'll I'll, I'll get calls almost every month or every week saying, hey, um, I got your your number from this guy and this guy. Like, oh, wow, that's great. That was my previous client. So uh, I did that uh, with a mouth. And the other one as well, which I experimented was the social media, which like I post the stuff that I did, like uh, after the commercial comes out, then I'll just post the stills. And it correlates with the booking that I have for that month. So let's say if I post a lot and people start to see and like it and all that, and then suddenly, some of those people will start to remember, oh, yeah, Setio, colorist. Oh, I have a job for him. And he will give me a call or message me. Instagram? So there is that experiment. Yes, Insta mostly Instagram, the one that works the most. Facebook as well. Now, the difference between Facebook and Instagram, I noticed this, right? Um, not saying there's anything bad between both or whatnot, comparing. The Facebook one is actually an older crowd. Uh, they kind of reach me out. And the Instagram one is the younger crowd that yeah. reached me out. So, so, uh, which, which, which one am I in then? Uh, you, you, you kind of like in between. Oh, you, <laughs> man, you've been too kind there, aren't you? That's for sure, <laughs> man. Hey, you, you're good in between, bro. <laughs> your, your presence both in between are quite strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you but said yeah. the right thing, didn't you? Yeah. Okay, so it's, let's, it's, let's, it really does work. It does work. It does work. And some yeah. of us are better than others that are doing a bit of social That's media. True. But you've got to get, you know, obviously got to get permission to use the stills, then wait for it to be yeah. released, then put them right. out, right. tag the right people. Yeah. It's a bit of work in it, but that's just part yes, of what the colorist is now. It's part of your job. So you're right. if you're yes. if you're the boss and it's your own company, have you got like company Range Rover and pay yourself really good salary and all of that stuff? Uh, <laughs> actually, no. I mean, like, I'm not saying like no, um, it's not good salary. It's it's very good and very decent living. Yeah. Then um, uh, the business is good. What's bad is just uh, people don't pay us on time. <laughs> 
that that was my going to be my next question. Do you find that hard as for running your own shop, your own business? So you obviously have to do the invoicing, the chasing the money. And oh right, um, that that at that part, right? So because I have a business partner. Oh, the, you so mentioned we, that, yeah, yeah. So he and I decided this from the beginning. Is that like, all right, let's split the work, like, because he's not in he's not in the creative business at all. He's not in, in this industry at all. So like I told him like, okay, I'll take care of the jobs, the creative, finding the jobs and all of that, um, all the technical part and all that stuff. But you handle all of the invoices and all of the paperwork. So what, how the business that I run, uh, how this works is that clients give me a call he will ask me like, all right, the project is, let's say it's 30 seconds. And then like, all right, I'll charge you this much. And then uh, let's confirm the date and everything. And then after that, I've done the job and that's it. I don't talk about money to my clients anymore afterwards. So once the job is done, then uh, I'll tell my business partner, hey, job is done. We have a job tracker that we, that we follow. Uh, that job done, we take it and then he'll send invoice and he'll, he's the one who chase for it. So that means I've never actually chased money to my clients. It's my business partner who does that. So we have this good cop, bad cop kind of, you know, right. um, yeah, yeah, play role kind of thing. Really, really good way of doing things. Yeah. yeah I think you've done well there because <laughs> ideally you want to separate yourself from the whole money side of things with the clients because... It can get a bit old. You're right. It's not for you. Yeah, really for me. Because to do because that. there'll be the same dar same director or same clients who wants to do more job with me, but they haven't paid the previous job. Yeah, yeah. So I still want to get those jobs. So. Yeah. Let's so, let's jump back to that ProRes thing on the Resolve. Is that a problem that, for you? Is is KL a big ProRes town? Uh, mostly, yes, it is. Uh, a lot of people use Mac here. But I am starting to see a bit of change this uh, from starting from last year. So what do you do then? If you most of your jobs need to be ProRes, how are you how are you dealing with that? Uh, well, if the clients um, this is where uh, the technical questions I would ask my clients before even the like the project starts, like um, like what's your camera? What are you guys shooting with and who's the editor and like what does he need and who's the finishing uh who's the online artist what software does he use and all of that i have like a list of questions before the project starts so that i would know like do you need prores do you need dpx so do you need, yeah. can i just give you the nxhd so then if the client asks like oh we need prores so i need to prep beforehand like i need to get my macbook pro ready once the project finished so it render everything to DNX HD or DNX HR, uh, however they want it, whether they want HD, 4K or whatnot. Then only after that, I'll render it to uh, ProRes using my MacBook Pro. That's my only solution to it. Um, other people I know like uses like uh, either After Effects to render it or like Media Encoder. I, do, I'm, I don't subscribe to Adobe stuff. Um, and some people uses uh, some other, I believe uh, Fusion on Windows, yeah. yes. you can render ProRes. Yeah, I'm like, can. what? Yeah. <laughs> you can. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So uh, I just use whatever that works for me. Um, and so far, it's been working. I mean, six, seven years doing this. And so far, no issue at all, actually. Right, man. So any yeah. 
Have you got any call for HDR there yet? Um, HD, not yet. And I'm actually preparing for that. I actually just bought uh, LG CX TV, uh, 55 inch. Nice. Uh, I just bought it like, I think a week or two weeks ago. And I'm yeah. experimenting on that because like I have this setup. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I want clients to come in, not like, you know, just hovering over me like that, you know. So I, I want to have a client monitor for it. So I have a LG CX that uh, I've already calibrated, which is quite easy to calibrate. Because uh, I have the Quartet Kalman display, yeah. the C6, yes. and also uh, Kalman Studio, um, so everything's good. Yeah, it's 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 so easy nowadays. <laughs> I remember last time uh, calibrating monitor on the on the CRT. It takes like hours, and like yeah. I remember Sam. Do you remember Sam? Yeah, oh yes, I remember Sam. Yes. <laughs> legend, legend. He's a legend. He's, he's a goal in my heart, uh, Sam. Oh my God. <laughs> he's a, one of the best IT guy I've ever known. Yeah. Uh, very dedicated, hardworking oh. guy. Oh yeah. I love him to death. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, he would be working back. We'd be at the pub. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's what I have. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's no uh, request for HDR yet. So far, there and I haven't actually explored HDR yet. Um, I've been so busy with just ads, and uh, right now also coming up with local movies, um, which I am really excited about. Mostly indie movies. I don't go with the big, big kind of budget movies. Um, it's just a bit more freedom that way. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you, what are you getting time-wise to grade a to grade a movie? Um, it really kind of differs. I would, I was projecting like, you know, if I stop everything, uh, I can finish off in two weeks, but reality is not that, um, the previous movie I did, which actually is called rope, which is this, um, yeah. uh, we did it in 2019, but it was released 2020. Um, that one took around three months, I believe. Wow. on and off three or four months and we changed the look and because it's it's an indie house movie it's a b movie uh horror movie and i asked the director which is actually my neighbor his name is amir as one and um i asked him like so who's uh, gonna make the final call for this like he looked at me like just you and me bro like really like, all right let's do this <laughs> so we go back and forth and we go with with, with what I love about the, the doing indie movies that we talk about the characters, the philosophies behind it, and we talk about uh, this is about like spirituality. Rov means soul, um, so we go kind of deep into like what's the meaning of this movie to actually get the color right. Um, there's, there's actually this, the story of, of this movie is that um, it was all green, right? Um, the, this is the raw of it, this is red. Yeah. So it was all green and we were talking about, it looks great. Um, the skin tone is brown and like the costume is brown, like like this batik and all that. There's a lot of batik and the, the ground, the soil is brown as well, but the the grass, the trees, the sky, it's, it's, the sky is blue and then the, the trees are green. So I'm thinking to myself like, okay, um, uh, I explained to him like, all right, 
I think from what I understand what soul is, is you cannot see it, right? You, you feel it. So yeah. I kind of make up this philosophy of like, all right, you know what? If uh, I think we need to make these characters blend with the environment because they're in, they're in the forest, so let's make it blend. But how do we do that? We need to turn the green to brownish. So I remember this uh, one of YouTube uh, clip uh, of Roger Deakins uh, grading with uh, Jill Boganowitz in Company Tree a long time back, grading Brother Adal. Yeah. When she turned all of the greens into yellowish kind of brown, I'm like, okay, let's try to apply that. <laughs> Which I did, not 100% successful, but I got there and it kind of feel right. And what's unexpected about this movie is that it kind of went into uh, last year's uh, Oscar nomination for Best Foreign Film. The, the industry in KL, is it mm. pretty buoyant at the moment? Is it, I mean, obviously, when they're still in the middle of this pandemic, is it yeah, yeah, yeah. getting back to normal? How is it there? Has it been right. for you and um, how have you survived? Right. The last year was really bad. Uh, during the, we call it the MCO movement uh, confinement order. We kind of locked down, so-called. Uh, during that lockdown, no shoot. And when there's no shoot, of course, there's no post. But when there was no shoot, some of the post people were still busy because it's like leftover for like the month or few months before kind of production. And also uh, the motion graphic people and animators become busy because clients turn into motion graphics for uh, their ads to continue, right? Which is great that way. But a lot of us didn't get jobs. And after the lockdown kind of got lifted out and then we followed the SOP, uh, some of them start shooting. People just cannot wait to shoot because most of them is their livelihood. So they need to find jobs. Uh, a lot of, not say a lot, there's few people actually closed down, a uh, few companies closed down, uh, which is actually, yeah, everyone kind of faced the same thing. Yeah. But this year um, it's quite all right. Uh, people are still shooting and with strict uh, SOPs, even though there was some scare on some production, so they had to stop and uh, continue again later on or whatnot, which costs more money. I'm, I'm hearing like every day, I'm hearing new stories about uh, some production need to close down because uh, some of the crew member got uh, positive, tested positive. Uh, yeah, but overall, um, uh, on color in on in my business, um, it's pretty all right on my side because the production is still going steady uh, for as long as there's still people still shooting, uh, there'll still be demand for color grading. That's for sure. Um, so, and thank so, God, I'm still okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking at your reel and I noticed the split screen Mitsubishi commercial that you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if you yeah. could bring that up and we can discuss that and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. If you yeah, can sure. uh, share your screen and we can chat about it. Oh, last year then. Yeah, oh, okay, so it's not far. Oh, look, it's had nearly 2 yeah, million yeah. views. Oh, really? <laughs> Next. Should I just play it? Yeah, just play it. Let's have a look. Okay. Yeah. Because I was a bit intrigued about the split screen stuff because 
like how much of that were you aligning or was it did you just sort of transfer it all UHD or bigger and it was all done in VFX to line everything up what was the thinking there for you um, well everything was done in edit um, of course there's the offline cut of it right yes um, and yeah all of the split uh, were already precisely done in edit and I really love um, how the XML works now and it's actually did, really exactly the well middle. I was gonna yeah, say did did that conform <laughs> pretty much as we said or was there a lot of mucking did, around here well, I'm not saying that it's it's not 100 really exactly uh, on all of the split screens, but uh, most of it like quite aligned, I would say. Who, so, what was it cut uh, with? What software? Uh, I believe it was Premiere. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I don't know. I forgot this last year. Like, <laughs> well, there's so when, many jobs there. Yeah, when you're so busy like you are, like when you're like me, like do one job every three months. You know, it's hard. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you youngsters. But, well, hey. <laughs> what I remember is that it's, uh, yeah, the cut was really just nicely all done. And uh, I know the online was done on Nuke. Uh, and yeah, assembly there and all that. Did you, so like, was there a conscious decision to grade either side differently to show they're in really different places? Or were you trying to get them similar? Um, I had to, well, mostly I, uh, overall, I, we, we tried to get the, the key shots first. Uh, like if it's front of the car, um, I'll have a look at which one is the good one first. In this case, it was the left one, because uh, there was a bit more clearer. The right one, there was a problem because it was kind of dark. So I tried to get what looks good first, and I got that. And the brief also like said, we don't want to make this look the same. Like, okay, that's great. Um, so they want a contrast on it. So on the left, I made it cool. On the right, I made it warm. And I did have this discussion, like, are you sure about this? Because the red of the car is quite different. Yeah. If you want to have two different color temperatures and they're like, no, no, I think it's okay. So the communication is very important on this. Uh, and we, once we got it, uh lock and i think i remember it was the producer or the director who was there that actually liaised with the with the client so we would send stills uh a jpeg stills to to the client to for them to approve it okay this one is great this one is great so we go on we choose on the key shots uh, of it and also we combine it and put it side by side and show it to them look this is what's going to look uh, it's very important if the if the decision maker is not in the room, we have to know can we get them to actually approve this or not. If not, we'll just be waiting in the room for very long. Oh much yeah, I, it's hard for them to approve just on stills only. Will you not upload yeah. version? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so uh, luckily, I don't remember this job to be that difficult. It's more to like just getting the red, the color red of the car right. The rest of it, the, yeah. the clients are uh, not really uh, bothered by it, whether the green of the trees or like the, the face, whether the face looks okay or not. What I noticed that I've, I've been doing a lot of car commercials lately that the clients really, really just um, 
they focus only on the car, whether the color looks like looks correct, whether the highlight looks correct, the logo looks nice or not. So I would enhance all of that before oh. they even see anything. Oh, mate. Like, I, um, yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, any, uh, any youngsters listening? Uh, there is always <laughs> a product in a commercial, and that yes. has to look one hundred percent. If focus not, focus on that. Just focus are, on that. As long as you think that all the time, and you know, you know where they're looking, right? And it's, I'm yeah. looking at things going. They're going to stop in a minute and go. Can you change that? You know it's coming, don't you? You already know it's coming, so just do it. Do it. Already. Yeah, and do it. That's, yeah, and do it. That, do it. It leaves quite oh. a quite a good impression to the client like um hey can you brighten up his face and i'm like oh yeah i've already done that so i'll turn on and off like oh yeah. really you've done that so yeah. they're like oh, okay don't touch it then yeah so from that moment the client will realize that oh this guy knows what he's doing let him yeah. do his stuff good so tip like, all good right tip. yeah it's that's one of the things i learned about it. and i learned actually i got this tip from uh a, an audio mixer guy chris lord h from a youtube that's what he does. He mix for like Green Day, The Strokes, and all these bands. So what yeah. he did was that was that like before the band says like, can we turn up the bass? Like, yeah, I've already done that. Like, oh, cool. I can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's good thinking. It's good thinking. I made. I wished I did this ad two weeks ago, and we were sending stills, and we should have just mm. jumped on Frame IO earlier in the piece. Because nice. you know you send this, you can't send every still, right? So you get no, an no, overall, but then yeah. they then they come back on comment on shots they've not seen. Obviously, they've not seen them. So I think you've mm -hmm. got to you've got to get it out early, but leave yourself enough time because you know there's going to be changes. And yes. but the problem I'm yes. facing, like you probably are, they don't come back, do they? And you're waiting. No. So you know, have you That's seen? Right. So I say, get on the phone ring them up or schedule mm. call and you've got to Correct. do that and chase, then I think chase they, for them chase them and say look can we have five minutes on the phone you've got a frame io link there let's just discuss yes. it through and that way yes. you know they've seen it and you've made a meeting and they committed to chat to you about it because otherwise mm. you you're waiting at the end there have they looked at it's, it are they going to email in two minutes should i start the next job and everything's just it's, that's right <laughs> It happens, yes, yes, it does. So it's the same uh, my, my, all around the world. <laughs> yeah, my, my strategy is always this, like, um, I, I always ask them, like, are you coming in or not? Like, is my client coming in or not? If he's not coming in, or like, all right, I'm going to start, let's say, like, it's the job, like, I'm going to start at 10 a.m., 10 a.m., for example, but you stand by at 12 p.m. because I'm going to send you some stills first of the key shots. And then after you prove that, and then uh, uh, after that, like within an hour or two, I'll grade the rest of it. Let's say it's a 30 second ad, right? I'll grade the rest of it and uh, I'll basically finish it in an hour or two of the whole thing. And I'll send um, to Frame.io of the whole video. And then he will make notes. And then from that, another hour or two, I'll send them another final amendments and that should be done. But that is the ideal scenario. I always ask them, like, uh, the director to stand by, always. Like, be on standby. I'll send you the link. I'll send you the pictures. Thank God, most of the time, uh, they will reply back on time, lah, most of the time. Yeah. You started saying, <laughs> la, you started saying uh, to the director, lah, 
Who says that's a, is that la? Is that a Singapore thing or is that a, a Malaysian thing? Uh, la, la. It's Malaysian Singapore thing. Yeah, Indonesia doesn't have the la. No la. Okay. <laughs> I mean, even I start saying the la when I'm up there a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back to that Mitsubishi that we just looked at. It was about ninety yeah, seconds. Yeah. How long did that take you to color? Yeah. Uh, that's around six hours. Uh, is that with all? back and forth and changes. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, not that's long. Uh, shot on what was it shot on, Secho? Yeah, I think it was Black Magic, uh, Ursa Mini. Yeah, most most of cars right now, um, is either red, Ari, or Black Magic. They don't they they try not to use the DSLR or mirrorless. No, that's yeah. good then. No, that's good. Mm, that's good. Mm, yeah, I need I need to get all the details out. And that's that's one thing though, right now, right? Which is great. Um this past few years or so, like directors or, or producers will start to ask me, like, Sito, we're going to shoot this. What cameras do you recommend? Like, oh, great. You should choose this for this kind of style. Um, so yeah. uh, because last time I would complain to them, dude, like this picture is not really good. Like you got eight bit camera, like really? Uh, some people doesn't understand that. What's the difference between eight bit and 10 bit and 12 bit no, and 16 no. bit? They, don't. they understand the price of Ari 65. <laughs> they'll, yeah, go away with, they'll go away Google oh no maybe not. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's, it's it's great now the cameras are great uh, I, I really love uh, I, I love the pocket cameras uh, the, the pocket 6k looks great uh, Ursa Mini looks great the Komodo is amazing um, yeah I graded a couple, a couple of music videos that were shot on that and yeah. there was like a when the first red Komodo came came to Malaysia and the DP like got it and I contact him like dude send me some footage man I want I want to play around with that but like, yeah 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 so he shot the first music video for this big artist called uh, in Malaysia called Joe Flizzo and from that uh, I got the footage I, I I really fell in love like it, the texture looks amazing and I really had fun playing with that and you can cut them perfectly I reckon. Uh, you're not going to know. You're cutting yeah, with yeah. a red. Anything in there, they work really well. <laughs> but I think your tactics, yeah. your tactics are great. Like, get on the phone, mm -hmm. ring up the DP, ring her or him oh, yeah. up and say, look, I see you shot some stuff. Any chance of getting hold of some and have a play? And yeah. you're already then making a relationship, aren't you? And you're investing a little bit, um, in, in, which could go around and they could go, whoa. And this guy is really keen to grade some of my stuff uh, you could be in the frame for their next gig or their indie movie or something. I only realized this around three years back is that how do I get more of, uh, to get my name out there more, right? So I noticed that I do not know any DPs uh, that has shot and I calibrated. And I actually want to thank most of them because they're the one who did the, most of the work is them. Like we're just like, just altering their work most of the time. And they give really good basis on, on how we start our colors. And uh, from that moment, I started to realize that I should actually communicate with these people and actually thank them for it. And the easiest way to reach them is, is really just Instagram and Facebook. Like, hey, I just did this project that you guys shot and um, it's really amazing. And, and I would give feedback and they would ask like, what else is there lacking or what? No, what else can I improve? And I would say like some of the blacks maybe uh, maybe a bit more light, need a bit more lights during your like night shoots or whatnot, and have more ambient lights. So this communication is really about teaching one another. Um, is 
us giving us, uh, giving them the information that we need to make the picture looks better. It's not about saying that, hey, you, you should have put more lights here and there, or like the makeup is not right. Like they have problems of their own, which we do not know, right, during production. So the best that we can do is to actually help them to improve as much as we can to get the picture the best looking the way that we want and uh, the way we intended them to be. And that communication is very, very important um, with the technical team of it, especially with the DPN. Thank God that I actually got to know every D working DPs in town right now. And they all know my name, most of them. And uh, I really appreciate their work. And I learned a lot from them, the way they like stuff uh, differently. And different DPs have different styles. and. Um, uh, I got to know their work uh, through just looking from the screen. I, 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 I don't go to shoot and all, but uh, I felt like they communicate with me through the to the footage that they share. I think you're doing well. You're ticking all the boxes. That's the main thing, and just you got to keep <laughs> doing it. But as you know, you cannot take your foot off that pedal because as soon as you do, no. you think I'm there, then you're not. And just, just when you thought you could have a rest, this old bloke from Australia says, oh, do you want to be on this podcast? And then you had to go, you had to go and iron your nice shirt and dress up your room there, look. And... <laughs> it's like, this wasn't this clean yeah. before. I'm so. sure, mate. I, I bet you've been cleaning that for a week. I bet there's no dust here. Mate, so we always we always talk on the podcast about your, you know, have you had like an epic fail where a director walked right. out or you walked out and what was the job right. that you're just most pleased with? I mean, it doesn't have to be a big job, but just something you just really liked, went well and you're right, proud. Right, right, right. Oh, my God, flashbacks. <laughs> I think I would say less than five, like, the, the, the moment when I went like, oh, my God, this guy, I think I want to leave, I want to quit this job or whatnot. Uh, probably one of two moments of that, but that's like really early in my career when I'm like that, that frame of mind of uh, uh, saying uh, in my head is that I'm the colorist. Who are you when you're not the colorist? I should know better. I should know better about color. You don't know anything about color. So you should actually listen to me. That was the mindset of the earlier in my career. So with that mindset, that means whatever other people say, you will not take it as uh, with an open arms. That means like um, your color is the only way. Everyone else's opinion is just wrong, which is not the correct way to actually approach color grading. No. Um, but when I had that frame mindset, um, yeah, I had that thought and I wanted to leave that that place, you know, that color, color suite. I think it, one of them was in VHQ, I remember that. Uh, but the worst one was when I actually lost a film. I was color grading a film, a local film. Uh, we were color grading for three months and the director was new and the DP is quite, um, uh, is quite seasoned already. It's quite known as well. Uh, so it was for a teenage kind of movie. Um, so we, I made it kind of like looking really poppy and like, eye candy looking and really fun drama teenage movie. And we've been going bouncing on and off, on and off. And um, somehow 
the EP or the production house still doesn't like it. And the director cannot call the shot because she didn't really know about color grading. So it got to the point where I uh, meet up with the EP and then the EP shows me like, we want it to look like this. And I think I said the wrong thing by saying that uh, I, I understand that you want to go this way, but this is quite an old look with 90s look where like this film is more like a teenage kind of feel, which modern and millennials kind of feel. And with that, that person kind of took it to heart. And from that, I kind of lost the job. Oh. Uh, but the, what I didn't like about it was that they didn't tell me directly. They had to go through the post house, which is one of my friends, to tell me about it. And I was like, hmm, okay. And it's quite a big production house in Malaysia, which um, I was quite saddened by that we, we break up the relationship. But it doesn't mean I was kind of down about it. But it was also my fault that I took on that job on top of another movie that I was doing and commercials that I was doing. Yeah. This is like when I was naive that I can take as many jobs as I can. Nice. And I had an assistant then as well, you know, um, but, which I don't have an assistant now as well. Um, but yeah, from uh, that job, uh, from that then, they just, um, they say like, uh, they, they want to find another colorist. Uh, even though I finished grading the whole movie about it, you know, really, but they didn't like the color. Yeah, I did. did the whole did movie they, I finished grading it. Did they pay you, Setcha? Well, uh, my principle is this: um, if they don't want to work with me, then I rather not take their money. But this, I've already done a lot of it, so I'll just ask for half, which they actually paid. It's not immediate, but they do pay. Okay. Oh, that's good. But uh, like I said at the beginning, that happens sometimes. You know, they might. It happens. You know, I, I, I'd rather they came and said, look, these are the reasons we're going to go and work with someone else. But it's that funny yeah. when you don't actually hear from them and you just wonder what's happened. And then suddenly they're working yeah. somewhere else. But hey, yeah, that, yeah, happens. Yeah. that happens in other industries and that happens in colour. You wanted to talk about education a bit. What did you want to say there? I think people think colour grading is just providing like good colours, but it's really more than that. It's more about, it's about workflow. It's about color management and how to maintain the colors from beginning until the end, right? Um, even right now, the professionals, the big, big production houses here, they still don't calibrate their monitors when they shoot. They just take any monitors and then they shoot and it looks good. And like comes here, comes to color grading, like, hey, Sitio, how come it looks like this? I, how I know, man, like you guys shot this. <laughs> it's all correct, white balance and all that. And uh, no one actually take uh have a look of like um they should prep color grading the same thing as they prep about uh, with camera tech um also color grading is not included in the pre-production most of the time um and i need to educate the producers the directors the agencies about this like because most of the jobs that i get i would say around 50 percent of it right they call me when they finished the offline editing. It's like, Sito, are you available now? We already finished editing and then we got this job. Like, oh, really? Like, uh, what, what's your camera? How, where, where did you edit it from? And also that means they didn't put the budget in the pre-production for color grading. Uh, like, so yeah. they, they, yeah. they would tell me like, Sito, we yeah. don't have this budget left yeah. uh, under post-production. Like, oh, how come you didn't discuss this during pre-production? I know. <laughs> 
I know. And it's almost, <laughs> I get the same here. It's almost like they sit in the edit, they sit in the edit and they go, oh, crikey, this is a bit difficult. And the editor's thinking, <laughs> oh, we better get on the phone. And then, and then I'm busy. I'm like, how long have you been planning this shoot? Like, couldn't run right, the last week. Right. I, I just had this last week, like three people called me, like, I need, we need to calculate tomorrow. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, it's not tomorrow? Gonna happen, it? It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I am um, alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, that's why I make that, you know, that what is a colorist video that sits around. That's basically for producers, just trying to get people to go, just save some grading budget, right? Yeah. Put it in there. That's, that's all we ask. Just put it in there and lock it in because you know you're going to need it. And it doesn't matter who does yeah. it. It might be your editor, your DP, hopefully your colorist is going to color it yeah. for you. Yeah. It's going to make it yeah. a better show. And yeah. sometimes that budget sure. gets swallowed up, reshoots, something, whatever happens. Because mm. we're at the end of the food chain. There's no money left. Yes. Anyway, at least start with it in the budget, which is great. You know, four hours, six hours, whatever you can put in there, it's yeah, going yeah, yeah. to definitely polish and just put the final gloss on the on your show. But amazing how many still don't. Um, I mean, I'm hoping don't, that is, is starting to change and they're starting to it, see the benefits. It is starting. Um, I did I did the education part. I mean, like, I'm, I educate my clients about it, like, three, four years back about this, like, so then I'll be getting last minute calls and I would tell them this, like, hey, if you book me earlier, right, I can charge you a bit less uh, because like you, 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 you book me last minute. I need to charge you rush fee for this because, you know, I need, I need to cancel some plans or re 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 rearrange some schedule. But if you book me beforehand, like during pre-production and then you discuss with me what you guys are shooting, what team are you doing, what, what product, what brand, and I can actually advise you what camera you should shoot with and what art direction, what kind of color theme, color palette you should yeah. use. And also like who, what, uh, who's the DP that's perfect for this shoot. And yeah. I can advise you all of that. And totally. you're like, oh really? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Totally, totally, man. Hey, such a- So yeah. Mate, can I ask you a really important question? Yeah, so- What's that role of film doing on your desk there? Uh, this is uh, this actually from uh, Black Magic Design. <laughs> like it was an empty can. Oh, I <laughs> like, thought that I was a the, souvenir. I thought that maybe that was the Bates trailer. <laughs> Bates trailer. <laughs> ah, I remember that real, yes. <laughs> I'll put the link there to was... the movie in the show notes and people can go and have a look at it. And we both of us will reminisce and go, oh, there it is. <laughs> hey, hey, man, it's been fantastic chatting. Um, it's really good thank to you, hook thank up. You. Thanks for sharing yeah. your your room. Your Has it suite. been one hour? Yeah. Like, oh my god! It Mate, is an hour plus. Time oh, flies. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh my fun, god! Eh? <laughs> it's really a fun. Oh my god! It's so yeah. fun talking to you. Well, it is. It is fun. It's been good, and I'm glad that you're pushing the color grading uh, uh, stuff in uh, KL. So you, uh... I'm, I'm glad this, this, this one other thing, just a few minutes that, um, yeah. that I'm actually in touch with the younger colorists here who's uh, upcoming. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing fantastic work. Uh, this, this three of them that I'm in contact with, uh, 
name is uh, Bay and Nicole and Yong. Now these three guys, uh, we what, what what I did was that because like that the, the whole ball game of like shooting prizes here and there, right? So I would actually ask, uh, we, we would gather and like, uh, we would actually discuss what pricing in, in this town and like, all right, let's stick to one price. So everyone agreed on that one price and like for 30 seconds, everyone charged this price and 60 seconds, everyone charged this price. So then like, because we actually got calls from a producer or pro producers around town, they're like asking around for prices. Like, hey, these guys are like fishing for prices for like, who's the cheapest? So in order for us to protect ourselves, I kind of like, all right, I'll gather all the younger colors and those who are good and like really hardworking here and we support each other that way. So like, if I'm busy, I would actually like tell my clients, like, I'm actually booked on this date, uh, but you can call this guy, uh, he may be free or this girl. And they do the same thing to me, like uh, when they're busy they, or they want to take holiday, take a break, uh, they would actually push their clients to me and vice versa. And so far, it's been working really, really great. Uh, we, we all support each other this way. Uh, that's that's great. what's going on in, in our small color grading scene in Malaysia. That's and cool. we, grade, we grade a lot, I would say more than 50% of the commercials that, that is in Malaysia right now. You, yeah. So you, you, one of you put your rate up, you all put your rate up. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the key. <laughs> uh, Sitio, are, are you in the CSI? Uh, not yet, I believe. No, you should no. Be. You should be. Yeah, I think I think I will. I'll, I'll register for it and. Yeah, uh, just send the money to me because I know people. <laughs> okay. I know okay, people. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> I know people. No, you should do and get your colleagues. You know, if they've been grading for years, sign up as well. Eh? They got credits. You know, you know some people there. We want people who've obviously got the right qualifications, but we want to grow the industry and want to grow color grading. And all of that goes up to us being more recognized. It goes back to us getting grading budget before the jobs, getting more respect. Yeah. You know, it's a win-win for everyone. So, yeah, you should you should go online and apply. You can put okay. me down because obviously I know your work and we've worked together for so yeah. long. Right, mate. It's been Thank fantastic. You. I have Thank you so much. to go. Thank you so much, Warren. Thank you. Catch you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, that was a great chat with Secho. He's good fun, isn't he? He's got some great, some great stories. His laugh cracks me up. He's he's fun. He's a fun guy. I want to thank all our sponsors who make this possible. That's iColor Sponsors, SGO, Azus, X-Rite, Flanders Scientific, Filmworks, Portrait Displays, Able Cine, Dell, SohoNet, FXPHD, Dolby, Blackmagic Design. You can get all the latest news and classes at iColorist.com. You can go there and get information on both Kevin and myself's FXPHD online training, as well as some great resources podcasts, backstories, blogs, lots of useful information all on the news site. Stay safe, folks. See you on the next one.